Julie. And this is a good story is hard to find podcast where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lie below the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And today we're going to do uh, the shop around the corner, which is a movie from 1940 uh, directed by Ernest Lub- Lubitsch. Yes. Did I say that right? I yes. hope so. <laughs> yes. And we've done one movie of his before uh, called To Be or Not To Be. And I think that's the only one we've done of his. Is that right? Yes, it is. Okay. I thought so. But he's um, he is so well known for having these really well put together comedies. And in fact, somebody coined the phrase the Lubitsch touch. Mm. That was people. Oh, yeah. Look, that movie's got the Lubitsch touch. Hmm. So. And the Lubitsch touch, is there like a definition of that? Just a, No, I was looking and they said uh-huh. there's no definition. It's <laughs> so just it's kind just, of this, you know it when you see it. You know it. when you see it kind uh-huh. of thing. Like, um, and you think about some of the really famous things. Well, this is one of the famous ones he's done. Mm. But um, what comes to mind is, um, oh, Ninochka. Mm. I don't know. Oh, I guess you did. That's not famous, huh? No, no, I have not heard of that. <laughs> oh, Scott. <laughs> Good thing this podcast is so not many, folding or anything. So many My movies goodness. to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, Greta Garbo, and oh my gosh, I can't remember the male star of it. And it's, it is about, um, of course, a lo- romantic comedy because that's what he did mostly. But it's she is a very serious communist person who ha- is sent to, I think it's Vienna, on assignment, and he's just a capitalist guy, and they meet. <laughs> Can Garbo laugh? And I think this is the movie where they go, Garbo laughs. Because she was always known as being so serious. Oh, wow. Uh He made a zillion movies. And um, a lot of them I've seen, like Trouble in Paradise is really well known. The Merry Widow, Ninochka, That Uncertain Feeling, Heaven Can Wait, the first Heaven Mm. Can Wait movie. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, a zillion movies. I was really excited when I saw this was directed by him. I went, (gasps) (laughs) yay. Yay. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So this one's got uh, Jimmy Stewart. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's credited as James Stewart and uh, Margaret Sullivan, who's a person I haven't seen before this that I recall anyway. Yeah. And she didn't have a ton of movies and I don't think I've seen her in anything else. And he wrote this Lubitsch took this from a play that he bought the rights to and held on to for a few years until he could get Jimmy Stewart. And then he had only two or three female stars he was looking at. And she was one of them. So wow. she had a quality he wanted. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. And is this, you know, I don't know much about the studio system and stuff. And, you know, just things I've learned from you. <laughs> but oh, wow. is it, is, did Jimmy Stewart work for a specific studio and, is that how that worked at that time? Oh, yeah. You would have had to. And then you get would get loaned out to different studios sometimes. Or your contract would come up and some other studio would give you more and you go over there. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Well, cool. Well, the, the story is about, um, well, it centers around a, uh, I guess you'd call it a gift shop or you know, yeah, or a leather goods a store, department store kind of a thing. Well, not really a department store. It's not very big. It's, it's a like leather a, goods store, I think. Yeah. Okay. Briefcases, wallets, <clears throat> mm-hmm. leather cigarette boxes. Right. Right. That play tunes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Jimmy Stewart works there. He's like the senior employee, and um, the owner is Mr. Matichek, who's played by Frank Morgan. Who we know mm-hmm. from a famous film called the, the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those things, you know, the typecast thing. Uh, yeah, as soon as he walks out there, you're like, oh, I know who that is. <laughs> yeah. I know it's that backwards identification of mm-hmm. he, the Wizard of Oz was later, but yeah. I think, or, um, but you just yeah, go, surely the Wizard of Oz. Later. Yeah. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz. In fact, his picture on. Um, IMDB is from the Wizard of Oz. Oh yes, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's what everybody knows him from. Right, right. 
So, um, oh, 1939. So, 1939 uh, is The Wizard this. of Oz? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, that was actually right before this. Yeah. How about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? So, you know, yeah, this is a black and white movie, you know, and Wizard of Oz is all, you know, colory and awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so this shop, into this shop comes a uh, woman, and her name is uh, Clara. That's it. Clara Novak. So she comes in one day and looking for a job, and that's when uh, Jimmy Stewart and her meet uh, face-to-face. <laughs> and... Um, the story kind of goes on. There's a lot of ins and outs to the story. There's a lot of things going on. Um, well, go I ahead. Would, yeah, please. I would say uh, what's kind of interesting about the way she's introduced is that, <clears throat> excuse me, it, very quickly it's established who some of the people are. They're waiting outside to open the store. Mr. Mm. Matichek comes and he unlocks the front door. So everybody's waiting outside and they're kind of having conversation about oh you got invited over for to their house for dinner last night the matichek's house so this happened and as bits of gossip or conversation will come up there's this real smarmy looking guy who's a salesman and he'll say oh this and immediately anybody who was talking will go i didn't say that that's not what i meant (laughs) i said this you heard me didn't you you heard me so Mm -hmm. they established right then this guy's not trustworthy he is going to do you down if he can because they're all getting witnesses to what they said. Then they go in, and Mr. Matichek shows up with this cigarette box that you open it up, and it plays a tune. And he's been asked by one of their suppliers if he wants to to sh- sell them. And he thinks it's a charming idea. And Jimmy Stewart immediately says, oh, no, you'll get sick of the tune. Well, everybody else has agreed with him. And he said, all I want is your honest opinion. And there's an older clerk who, the minute he hears that, he turns around and leaves. So you immediately get set. Here he is because he gets really mad at Jimmy Stewart, Mr. Matichek does, when he doesn't immediately say yes. Mm -hmm. So he seems kindly, but he definitely is autocratic and he wants his own way. Yeah. And then in comes Clara, or Clara, and she um, wants a job so bad. And she's been laid off. She's trying to put the best face on it. But she's been laid off, and it's hard times. You get the feeling you're hearing about the Depression, essentially. Mm. And everybody would have known that for the time of the movie. And they're in Hungary mm. somewhere. So they've all got the names. You know, it's Novak and Matichek and Pirovich yeah, and that Kralik, kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, but what happens is, is she manages to sell one to a lady there as a candy box. And the way she does it is so great. Mr. Matichek's watching the whole time because she's agreeing with him because she wants a job. She wants him to give it to her. And he's so mad at Jimmy Stewart that he wants to give her the job. And all he needs is the excuse of watching her sell the cigarette boxes. Hmm. And we see her flip her sales pitch time after time after time. And so that sets up. She's ingenious. She's a good salesperson. She'll do whatever it takes. And Mr. Matichek hires her. And so that sets up their antagonism. Mm -hmm. They don't like each other. So I'm sorry I butted in. No, no, that's that's great. Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. And then what happens as we go on, you find out from hearing um, Jimmy Stewart talk, he's got a pen pal. And it's a woman. They've been able to really open up their inner selves to each other. He's clearly attracted to her. And... I don't know, um, I can't remember the exact sequence, but he's confiding in the elderly clerk. And the elderly clerk keeps referring, the only thing the elderly clerk cares about is his family. Mm -hmm. His wife is sick, can the doctor come? His little kid is sick, can the doctor show up? Um, He, when they're asked to work late one night, he's, you know, oh, okay, well, I'll get home to my family later. Mm-hmm. He won't disagree with Mr. Matichek because he's got his priorities straight. He has to keep this job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and, why he flees whenever he hears him say, I just want that honest opinion, like you right. said. Right, <laughs> I just want your honest opinion. And yeah. he back upstairs. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so eventually what happens is that he, um, Mr. Matichek, for some reason, has started picking on Kralik, which is Jimmy Stewart's character. Jimmy Stewart can't figure out why. He finally asks him. He says, oh, there's no reason. No reason. Hmm. 
everything's fine. He goes, well, okay. I just feel like you, ever since I came to dinner at your house, he's like, no, everything's fine. And in the meantime, we've heard uh, these phone calls coming in of Mrs. Matichek, who we never see, wanting some money to be sent to her, wanting Pepe, the store delivery boy, to go do special errands, get special perfume, this and that. We see the smarmy uh, salesperson coming in with a new coat that costs mm-hmm. a lot of money, with a ring, with all these things. And so we're kind of able to put together the big picture. Mm. I, at least I knew the story. I'd seen it a really long time ago. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it hit you. <clears throat> Is it well, obvious? It, 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 it wasn't, no, it was interesting how not um, complete it was. It was like... You know, it gave you these clues, and until uh-huh. you know the very end, or not the very end, the the end of that little part of the story, because there was a lot of like little endings, mm-hmm. you know, little wrap up pieces, or what do you call them, payoffs, I guess. Yeah. Where they're they're like you know all the way through the movie, these little uh, subplots are being um, wrapped up. And, yeah, so um, I guess I shouldn't say anything. No, more no, no, no. That. That's that's quite all right. I, I don't know that you know spoilers on this this one. You know, go see the movie. <laughs> yeah, but, I guess. Uh, yeah, but um, but that was one of them. It, it was interesting to me how um, it, it seemed different from today's movies, and I liked it better, you know, in how it was revealing this stuff and uh, giving the audience credit for being able to make these conclusions rather mm-hmm. than coming straight out and saying things. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I appreciated that. I thought it was great. No one was giving a speech. Yeah, yeah. Essentially. Mm-hmm. Well, and this <clears throat> this group of people, they all are like a little family, which is what happens when anybody works in a small department or a small place. Mm-hmm. And um, and so you see them all re- reacting, and that also gives you a lot of your clues. They like Jimmy Stewart's character. They respect him. This Vadas, um, the guy who's showing up with the new code and the ring and all this stuff, he is not... Uh, he is very much trusted by the shop owner, Mr. Matichek, but nobody else trusts him yeah. because Mr. Matichek has already shown he likes to be agreed with. And then that guy, his name was Vadas. Mm-hmm. He he agreed with him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His Not only is this man. box awesome, it's extra awesome. <laughs> what did he say? It's going to make uh, uh, cigarette smokers out of music lovers or something right, like that. It. it was just unbelievable. Over right, the top. That guy's awful. Yeah. And so, against this backdrop, we are following Jimmy Stewart's hopes and dreams of he wants to propose to this um, pen pal and everything. And then, I don't really want to ruin it, but... Um, mm. Then he discovers who the pen pal is, and um, yes, go see the movie. Stop mm-hmm. now. Go see the movie if you don't want to know, because, of course, it's Miss Novak who he fights with <laughs> all the time. And yeah. he can't believe it. And so one of the charming things about the story to me is he then um, he knows and she doesn't. So she's continuing to treat him in the same awful way as before, and he is softening his approach because mm. he knows more about her now. Yeah. And um, that informs everything that follows in the movie because there are consequences to everybody's actions. Poor Mr. Matichek finds out about the wife, and that goes on into its own ending. Um, the pen pal thing, of course, that's what we're interested in. It works out. But you care about the lives of the people at the store. Yeah, very much. And maybe that's what the Lubitsch touch is. They've all got their moments. These, mm-hmm. you know, Every single one of them has these moments where you learn who they are. And I liked what you said about how they were all introduced, you know, so you're, you're right into there. But, you know, even past that introduction, they all have these uh, moments of clarity or moments, you know, like, you know, this is what I'm giving this movie, right? Or this is, uh, this is my character. And, and um, you know, like the, the uh, clerk, uh, the one you were talking about, his uh, Pirovich, I think it was his name. Yes. Um, I, I love, you know, Jimmy Stewart was always going to him, you know, from the first time that they talked about it, he says, hey, do you want, you know, Jimmy Stewart says, you know, hey, do you want to hear, uh, do you want to hear something nifty, you know, yeah. or something like that? <laughs> yeah. And uh, he says, sure. And he says, it's this letter from this woman and he reads it to him and, um, you know, so it's like that that's their relationship. And he's, he asks him, uh, Jimmy Stewart asks the older guy about, you know, what's it like having an apartment, you know, as a married couple, um, you know, he, yeah. yeah, just getting information like that. And then, 
Um, How much do you live on? Right. And he's the one that uh, he takes to the cafe and who, <laughs> yeah. who looks through the window to see if that person has showed up. Um, well, also, hmm. this is the practical guy. This time watching the movie, I'd seen it several times a long time ago. But this time watching the movie, I fell in love with Crud, I can't remember his name. Um uh, Pirovich, mm-hmm. the elderly clerk, yep. because he was the one who was grounded in what everybody wanted, his family. Um, mm-hmm. Mr. Matichek is spiraling because his wife doesn't want that. And Jimmy Stewart wants, he, he's working toward that. Mm-hmm. He wants a happy family life. He wants someone to love and be, who loves him. And so when he's saying, isn't this beautiful out of the letter? Pirovich is always being really practical going, but is she pretty? <laughs> but he's like, mm. but, but her thoughts are beautiful. Well, the outside matters too, mm. you know, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. And I just love those facts that he's always bringing him down to earth. So when they're going to have to stay and work late and Jimmy Stewart's like, no, tonight's the, the night that I'm supposed to meet my um, pen pal. And you're also seeing Clara do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So you're getting hints that it's her already. But, um, but she's like, I've got to go and I'm going to go ask him. And they can see Mr. Matichek is in a terrible mood. That's why he's making everybody stay late anyway. And he doesn't like the windows and of the store. And uh, Pirovich says... Are you sure? Because what was in those letters seemed pretty nice. Meaning, if you get fired, you can't get married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was that was interesting too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it took me a minute to realize what that meant. Mm-hmm. You know, um, again, that's one of those not obvious things. But yeah, he's saying you need this job because that's going to mess up your relationship if you don't have it, right? Right. You can yeah. always reschedule the meeting. Yeah, it's like you know. You know, you sure like those letters, you know, uh, that could mean you ought to just leave, <laughs> you know, and go meet her. But instead, oh. what he's saying, you ought to stay. Yeah. 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 If you don't have a job, because, again, he's immensely practical. Mm-hmm. He knows what it, it takes. In fact, he's when he's saying, how much does it take to live on? Yeah. And he says, oh, well, I just thought, you know, what are you thinking of? And he goes, oh, well, I was just thinking, says Jimmy's to her little three bedroom place, this, this. Oh, you don't need a, a, a dining room or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Had they come in the kitchen? It's fine. Your guests can come in the kitchen. It's all okay. <laughs> yeah. Where do you entertain? And he says, <laughs> entertain. <laughs> what are you, an ambassador? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did he say something like, uh, uh, your friends come after dinner if they're really your friend? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was good stuff. But you're right. Yeah, he's super practical. Yeah. yeah. He's I I was in love with him. Yeah, I liked him too. Yeah. You know? When he um because Jimmy Stewart at one point is um and and to me this shows how grounded this is in family and what matters and it's one of the funny things where Clara doesn't know that she is Jimmy Stewart's pen pal, but she's going to get her special friend a really great gift. She's going to get him one of those cigarette boxes <laughs> as the tune. And uh, Jimmy Stewart hates them, and he knows he's going to be the one who gets the gift, so he's trying to talk her into this really nice imported wallet <laughs> that he'd really like. And, oh, man, likes a wallet. And, uh-huh. and then he says the thing about when you open it up, on one side there's the letter, and on the other side is the picture. Mm-hmm. So you have these thoughts and this picture, so it's everything right there. And then when Mr. Pirovich is is saying, he knows too. He knows the secret. And so he's finally also working to talk her out of that. And he says, here's my wallet. Well, who's inside? Here's my wife on one side and the baby on the other. It's mm-hmm. everything that's close to my heart. Mm-hmm. And so he talks her into it that way. But he's the practical living example of Jimmy Stewart's idealistic dreams. Mm. Yeah, well put. Yeah, I just love that scene. Yeah, I do too. And, he, and then Perovich <laughs> goes into the <laughs> other room and says, you got the wallet. <laughs> yeah, I got you the wallet, buddy. It's going to work. Oh, shoot. Yeah, and then um, uh, the owner of the shop... Mm-hmm. is, you know, in relation to Jimmy Stewart as well. He's like the dream gone bad, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, but it's, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, this is a possible outcome of what Jimmy Stewart is searching for. 
um, <laughs> you know, which is a pretty negative part of it. But, um, you know, so it, that just popped in my head while you were saying what you were saying about. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's like you have a really, again, that's those, what do you call them? The doubles? You always call them something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the the, it's like, yeah. So you've got this. You know, they're in contrast with each other, right? Lubitsch and uh, Mat- Matichek. Um, no, Krolik. Sorry, Pirovich and Matichek. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As the happy and unhappy. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. and that was one of the most poignant lines in the film. I hadn't really thought about it that way. I mean, I knew that Matichek's wife stepped out on him. But as I was watching it unfold, my heart was breaking for this guy who really doted on her. Mm. You could tell. And he he said... You know, we got old together, and she didn't want to grow old with me. Mm-hmm. And that was just so sad. And yeah. then you remember that before, a couple of the ladies are, uh, a couple of the shop girls are gossiping about, did she get a facelift or didn't she? Mm-hmm. They're asking Jimmy Stewart, how did she look? Did she get a facelift when you were over there for dinner? And he goes, I don't know. Well, how did she look like this? Well, I guess so. Facelift. <laughs> See, she's fallen prey. She wants to stay young, and that's why she's stepping out with the flashy sales guy. Yeah. And giving him presents and stuff, because it's making her feel young. She, They haven't kept in touch with each other. Right, right. Yeah. And then, thank mm-hmm. goodness, uh, the Pebby was there and opens the door. Mr. Matichek, no! And you hear a, a gun go off, and I'm just right. like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was powerful. How yeah, this is that. the difference it makes in people's lives, and they put that in a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was a powerful scene. <laughs> <laughs> powerful scene. <clears throat> and then, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you know, the, the part two where um, Matichek misinterprets, or he, he knows that it's one of his employees, but he comes to the wrong conclusion huh. about which employee it is. Right. And actually fires Jimmy Stewart, knowing that it was him, right? He, but right. he was wrong. And um, <laughs> it was like, you know, it couldn't possibly be Vadas who uh, who agrees <laughs> with me all the time, or is it just he couldn't imagine his wife picking that guy? I don't know. I He said, why did you think it was me later on? And he mm-hmm. says, well, you're the only buddy person who'd been to the house. The but, house, you know, yeah. Vadis had said earlier, well, when I, I dropped off a delivery, yeah. your wife is certainly beautiful. You have a lovely place. This table is really amazing. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, and that's before he gets the detective report. Mm. And he's just thunderstruck by the whole thing. And that's, you know, it's when that house of cards comes down and you said suddenly your eyes are opened, hmm. you know, because suicide seems so extreme. But until that day, I mean, he'd had suspicions because he'd hired a detective, mm-hmm. but he didn't want to believe it. He, he th- was respected. He had his store. He had the love of his employees. I mean, this is in his mind. He doesn't realize he's kind of a petty tyrant in a lot of ways. You know, when I say, just be honest with me, certain people will turn and go the other way. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And um, <clears throat> he certainly, he's finally, oh, he had to get an anonymous letter to pick up that maybe his wife was stepping out on him. Hmm. He didn't pick up the clues himself. Yeah. So everything that he thought he knew was wiped out from under his feet. The ground crumbled beneath him and yeah. he couldn't see anything but suicide for sure do you um was it ever revealed who wrote that anonymous letter no i don't know how important that is but it's interesting we speculated about that later we wondered if it was from somebody in the shop or but then that was never indicated so we thought you know think how close those little neighborhoods would have been it could have been a well-wisher yeah going you're lavishing all this on your wife and she is cheating on you yeah right or someone malicious i mean Mm. Yep. But what it made me think of just now was, you know, we all have those moments, hopefully not as extreme as that. But there are the moments when I knew exactly what was going on. And then you suddenly get a totally outside point of view and realize you didn't know at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you feel stupid, foolish, um, embarrassed. Yep. Yep. 
What do you do? Yeah, what do you do? <laughs> yep. It's a difficult situation. Yeah, yeah and it depends on how um, important it is. And sometimes it's small. And I guess if the really small ones are hitting you that way, then that's a, a warning sign. <laughs> like, maybe don't take yourself so seriously. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But those are the ones where you have to, you know, um, accept that truth is truth. Mm-hmm. And hopefully you can adjust and, you know, gracefully move on. Right, right. Because Mr. Matichek, you see him when he is, he's come back to the store. He's been gone for a couple of weeks, they said. And he was like, I was so touched by the little Christmas tree you all sent me and your card. It meant so much. It said this. And it's all the platitudes, you know, oh, we wish you were here. We miss you, <laughs> you know. And he's like, but it meant something to him because he had nothing at that point. And then he doesn't want to be alone for Christmas dinner because it's Christmas Eve. They've shut the store. They've had a huge night. It's been great. And he's at, he's very tactfully feeling out person after person. Do you want to come to dinner with me? And everybody's got a plan except for my other favorite, Rudy, the new <laughs> delivery boy. He's so humble and sweet oh. with his little Amer- Midwest American accent. Uh-huh. It was a bring your own accent movie. (laughs) (laughs) Some people could put on that Hungarian accent and Jimmy Stewart, Margaret Sullivan were just there. (laughs) They were acting and so was Rudy Mm -hmm. and also Peppy. (laughs) But anyway, um, yeah. And he was so sweet and appreciative and humble. And I loved seeing them go off together, happy, knowing they were going to have their wonderful Christmas dinner with Mm -hmm. the goose and the, red cabbage and mm. sounded terrible but <laughs> but very hungarian yeah very hungarian right that's funny yeah <laughs> pepe pepe uh that was a fun character too did uh, you like him well not really okay but, yeah, <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> but i thought it was he was interesting you know it was like yeah i, I liked how he introduced himself or um or described himself that is it was like you know, somebody asked him what his job was, and he said he was—he was almost like an ambassador or something. I can't remember <laughs> exactly how he put it. And then he says, oh, "You know, I do all this on a bicycle. You know, I'm the—I'm the conduit between the, the customers and this place, and you know, <laughs> I do it on a bicycle." And the guy says, "Oh, so you're a delivery boy?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got this. Yeah, yeah. He was reaching for the stars, and then they—and then he happened to be there. Uh, when uh, Matichek was going to commit suicide and stopped it. Right. And then got him to the hospital and everything and then um, got a promotion out of that and was very happy. <laughs> yes. Well, he, he was yeah. already fairly self-confident and that just pushed his self-confidence to obnoxious levels. Right. Um, but obnoxious, I, that's the word I'd use for him. Yeah. But he was still, it was a, it was a fun character. Well, that's the thing, and I wonder if uh, it's either just the kind of character I don't appreciate, or it may have played funnier mm-hmm. in 1940. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think some people would find him funny, the way uh-huh. he's now lording it over the new delivery boy and <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You bet. So we haven't even talked yeah, about sort of the main main oh, story. Yeah. Yeah, the main plot. Yeah, the right? main plot, which is, you know, Jimmy Stewart and Clara. Yeah. Um, but uh, I loved I loved that scene. You know, you mentioned this earlier when, you know, the, the fact that he he knows and she doesn't. And that mm-hmm. I love that. And um, that first scene where they met in the cafe and he goes in anyway yeah. after he finds yes. out that it's her. Um, and that was cool too when they're outside and he's looking in there and <laughs> you could say she has the coloring of Miss Novak. Oh, don't say that. Well, then you're not. If you don't like Miss Novak, you're not going to like her. Why? Because it is Miss Novak. Is- what? Oh. Oh man, that was great. Yes. <clears throat> and then he goes in anyway, and that scene uh, where he knows and she doesn't—that uh, was neat. Mm-hmm. Very well played. Yeah, yeah, it's funny thing because you look at those two are clearly soulmates from the letters and the high-minded ideals and all that kind of thing. And but you still have to live in the real world, mm-hmm. as um, 
as Mr. Pirovich keeps, you know, but it, what does she look like? But is she pretty? But is she, you know? And so the funny thing is that they're so both so quick to take offense. And then because they got off on the wrong foot, they can't ever get along because mm. they won't stop to be nice to each other ever. Yeah, yeah. And so there's, you know, it's not only a wonderful comedy setup, but it's also this idea of not letting preconceptions make you treat people or make you be a jerk mm. to people because you're not being open-minded to who they could be. I mean, just thinking of us in this podcast and talking about it. Mm. Right. Mm. Because once he knows, he starts getting a little nicer. That's true. Yeah. Once he's being a little nicer, she's like, oh, I guess I wasn't very nice to you. Uh -huh. You know, when yeah. she, once she's had her breakdown. Yeah, and she's not very nice either. <laughs> no, she's terrible. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, some of the stuff she says. <laughs> and right you to know, him. Well, yeah, well I he wouldn't, wouldn't understand. He's very smart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I really wouldn't want to care to scratch your surface, you know, yeah. because I know what I'd hand. I mean, that was, that was rough. <laughs> you know, instead of a heart, a handbag. Instead of a soul, a suitcase. And instead of intellect, a cigarette lighter, which doesn't work. Oh, I know. Oh, man. And then you find out that when he says uh, later, I guess this is at the, is it at the end? No, it's they're having a fight. And he goes, well, it's not very nice of you to make fun of me for being bow-legged behind my back. Yeah, yeah. I heard about, I heard you in the back stock room making yeah. fun to everybody. And I was like, oh. What? <laughs> so, well, because you made fun of me, and he goes, "You did it first. Yeah. And she yeah. says, "Well, that's what Mr. Vada said." And I'm like, "Well, he's the smarmy, awful one. Mm -hmm. You know, so of course he's going to make fun of him." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He says, yeah. "I'll go right out here on the street and lift my pants up." What a. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and, what a scandal um, that would have been. <laughs> yeah. Well, because well, that's he says to her, he says, people seldom go to the trouble of scratching the surface to find the inner truth. Because he's trying to, he's trying to find a way to open it up. Mm -hmm. And she just, because you know how it is, you get the, again, it's that idea of, I have this idea of you. It's like Mr. Matichek with his wife and his marriage, where he thinks he knows what's going on. And it's her. She thinks she knows who he is. He's a shallow jerk. Mm -hmm. So her point is to get there first. Yeah. I wish I didn't understand her so well. Uh, <laughs> I like to be clever. Uh -huh. uh, shoot. And my whole family grew up with that kind of humor. Mm. The more sniping and uh, the more clever the cut, the funnier the whole family laughed. That was kind of the family culture I grew up in. Really? Wow. Yeah. yeah and That was it, not mine. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, and it really... It's funny thing because we were all really proud of it. And then I realized it when I went to college and I came back from Christmas break and I, you know, there was a group of us and I was being hilarious, I thought. And someone said, wow, when you come back, you're really mean. And I hmm. went, oh, what? Hmm. And that's what made me stop and look at the way I acted when I wasn't, because nobody else was being that way. Huh. You're only that way around people you don't like. But my family was that way in itself. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so Clara Novak, yeah, she would have fit right in there, huh? Yeah, who can get there first? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And then all it does is make you want to retaliate. You want to show you're just as clever. You can get them back. And when everyone's encouraging it, that's a that's an unhealthy way to be a family right right and they're like a little family this shop yeah yeah for sure they definitely are mm -hmm. yeah little small group of people yeah yeah i hadn't really thought about that until just now <laughs> okay. wow yeah i don't think my family listens but there you go <laughs> yeah but my brother and sister would acknowledge that too uh -huh. so. gotcha yeah, so there was another thing um, that I noted that uh, Clara said. She says, all of my knowledge came from books. And mm. I just finished a novel about a glamorous French actress from the, and something French. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Do you yeah. know what novel that is, I guess? Madame um, Bovary. Is it? Okay. Isn't and then, it? I don't know. 
I don't know. I thought there was a quote where she says by Zola and he's like, it's Mm. not by Zola. And she says, oh, well, but it's about this Mm. rats. Yeah. Um, So she says when she wanted to arouse a man's interest, she treated him like a dog. Oh, that was, yeah, toward the end. Yeah. Yeah, And Kralik says, well, you treated me like a dog. And then Clara says, yeah, but instead of licking my hand, you barked. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's that high school behavior, isn't it? (laughs) Yep. Yep. Wow. I know it was funny that she was going to finally meet the pen pal. So that kind of gives her the security to tell him how she really feels about him. Jimmy Stewart. Right. Yeah. I loved the, also I loved the way he sets her expectations for, oh no, I met him. He came by earlier, you know, Mr. Poppet or whatever his name is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's his name? Oh, well, it doesn't matter because what did he look like? Oh, very comfortable, solid man. Uh Some people don't like a little tummy, but I say, (laughs) it's like a tummy. (laughs) Oh man. Oh. Yep. <laughs> now, if I were a girl and had to choose between a young good-for-nothing with plenty of hair <laughs> and a good, <laughs> solid, mature citizen, I wrote that down, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'd pick Matthias Popkin every time. Yeah. Love it. Good line. I love it. Yeah. Well, and then um, when he finally says, you know, open number 342 and take me out, dear friend, and she realizes it was really him. Mm-hmm. In you know, I feel like in a movie today, the girl would have like slapped him or something for deceiving her. Mm. And in this movie, that's kind of what I expected is her to get mad. But instead, she was so relieved that he wasn't the picture she'd he, he'd painted in her mind. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. And I liked you already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, she set the, he set the bar pretty low. So, mm. you know, he was safe on it. Yeah. You know, and this movie has been remade at least, at least twice. Mm-hmm. Um, has it been remade more times than that that you know no, of? No, just twice, I okay. think. One of them I've seen, You've Got Mail. And then the other mm. one is something... Uh, in the good old summertime. Yeah, with I haven't. Garland. I didn't even heard of that one. Who was in that one? Judy Garland. Judy, oh, I'm sorry, I missed you saying that. Okay. <laughs> and maybe Van Johnson or somebody like that, <clears throat> hmm. who talk about a less. Um, I don't know. He was always just so bland to me. Uh, Let's see. Van Johnson. If that's right. Yeah. Um, I'm like, who's Van Johnson? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, when you say, yeah, yeah, Van Johnson. Talk about a nobody. I mean, I'm sorry, any Van Johnson fans, but uh-huh. yeah, he was just one of those guys who he was around as an actor, and I knew about him because he was always the kind of vanilla guy who was, oh. you know, perfectly well doing whatever it was he was supposed to do. But as a romantic lead against Judy Garland, I would find that hard to see. Uh-huh. But I know that, and I never watched. You've got mail. I know they changed the dynamic some. Yeah, I haven't seen it for a long time, but you know, I could definitely see it there. Yeah, and the dynamic was changed, you know, so she owned a shop around the corner, <laughs> which is interesting. Yeah, a little and he store. was the owner of like a Barnes and Noble mm-hmm. chain, you know. And the so the chain store was opening and she owned a little independent bookstore that was going to be crushed by it. Right. Yeah. And then they but were they, they were corresponding via email, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's funny that that was picked up on because when I was watching this and you're, the whole pen pal thing and you're opening your heart to them. And I know a couple that met in a Star Wars forum and mm. got married. I mean, they're friends of ours. Wow. Cool. Many years later now, I mean, you know, but it's that thing where, you know, you you do open yourself up via email and all that stuff in ways that you wouldn't sometimes face to face. And so when I was watching this before I remembered the You've Got Mail remake, I was like, oh, my gosh, pen pals were like social media. You don't know what someone's really like until you meet them. Yeah, for sure. But you're able to open up in a way that you wouldn't in Mm -hmm. face-to-face for a long time yeah yeah no question yeah i can imagine you know if 
if you you could portray yourself as something too you know it's mm-hmm. like you know every time you're writing a certain person you're you're being who you want to be with that person you know what i mean yeah but they don't see you the rest of the time yeah <laughs> so it's just like these little little snapshots of what you want them to see you know and oh uh, yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. well and that's the whole that's what makes it possible for him to talk about mr popkin yeah a mature mm-hmm. comfortable family man uh-huh. Where you suddenly go, oh, no, maybe that's why he had all these deep thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. He's an older guy. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Heck, yeah. And there is kind of a value in, um, excuse me, Mm -hmm. in not revealing. I mean, you know, you meet someone and you kind of reveal a lot of things very slowly. You get to know each other step by step rather than diving right in and just opening up because then you don't know all the other things like, is she pretty? What does she look (laughs) like? You know, because they both care passionately. What does the other person look like? They like to say, oh, I just, the intellectual beauty of these thoughts. But they both passionately want to know what the person looks like. That stuff matters too. Mm -hmm. Not too beautiful, but not ugly. Just, you know, pretty enough, Uh says Jimmy Stewart. Right. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there has to be that attraction too. You know. Mm-hmm. In, yeah. yeah. If you're gonna live with exactly. the person forever. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's funny because you you do need to know the inner depth and all that stuff, but you also need to know how mean are they when they've been insulted. <laughs> <laughs> do they make fun of you and yeah. to everybody? Right. Behind and your does back. That, and now, does that bother you? Right. Yeah. 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 How do they handle bad situations? How do they um, act when they're disappointed? All that kind of stuff. And then it's funny, I hadn't thought about this, but, you know, because it's so humorous and they're just using all these techniques that we are all familiar with. But it all is um, the two threads of Matichek and Jimmy Stewart's, their relationships are based on not knowing the whole truth mm-hmm. and um, inadvertent deception on one side and definite deliberate deception on the other, you know, yeah. Matichek, she's deliberately deceiving him. And in the Jimmy Stewart thing, no one's deliberately deceiving anyone. And, and later when he's not telling her that, you know, they're both pen pals, he's trying to find a way that he can reveal it and have it be palatable. Right. Because he's still interested. Right. <laughs> Yeah, because, yeah, you saw him, like you said earlier, again, he changed once he knew, he changed his attitude toward her once he knew uh, about yeah. that she was the one that was writing the letters. Yeah. So, uh, she, he was trying to make sure that he didn't chase her off. Yeah. You know, and if he had just said it that first day, that might have been the end of it. <laughs> well, he didn't want to yeah. go in and talk to her uh-huh. at first. <laughs> Let's Clara Novick. No, it can't be. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or no back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. um But it, it sets up an interesting dynamic and and um yeah, again that contrast, I like that contrast you just pointed out. It's another double, right? Mm-hmm. You know, how uh yeah, Matichek's relationship and Jimmy Stewart's relationship, you know, with both had deception in it, but um yeah, one of them deliberate, one of them not. I love that thought. Yeah, and how do you deal with it and mm-hmm. um, one way or the other? Yeah. And in the middle, you still have um, the elderly clerk with his family. Yeah. Who, at one point, uh, when Matichek is asking people, so, I, you know, what are you going to do for Christmas, this and that? And because he's standing outside his shop hoping he can find someone to have Christmas dinner with. And he says, I guess you're going to have a party. Oh, Yes. Just, you know, my wife, my little boy, and my baby. Oh, it's going to be a great party. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's going to have a family Christmas. And he's, oh, okay, great, good, have a great time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He's still the center of it. And it's funny because, yes, the thrust of the entire story is the pen pals versus their relationship when they don't know who each other is. Mm-hmm. But 
it's called the shop around the corner. So it's about everything that's happening at that shop that's set off that dynamic there Mm -hmm. when everybody's bouncing off each other in person. Right, right. Yep, with the Lubitsch touch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. Good movie. I loved it. It made me so happy. I was so happy after I watched it, and I was happy all the next day just thinking about it. Oh, that's nice. And I don't, you know, I watch a lot of movies. I don't usually go around the whole next day going, oh, that was so amazing. But <laughs> this one, it just made me happy. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, good. So I'm so glad you picked it. Oh, that's great. Thumbs up. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. There's still oh, a lot, a lot of Jimmy Stewart movies I still have yet to see. Um, you know, I should start watching those. Maybe, maybe next so year many. could be the year of uh, Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Not on the podcast, but I'll just you know make it a point to watch some. You're, well, that's yeah. it, you know it's interesting to do that to either pick a director. Yeah, and actually, I learned that from you. I mean, you oh. you've you've done things like uh, okay, this is going to be C.S. Lewis year, and you read just like a bunch of C.S. Lewis. Oh yeah, yeah. And I don't do it on purpose. It's kind of like you saying, you know, I'd like to see more Jimmy Stewart, and you just start mm-hmm. gravitating that way. And our family, you know, we watched all the James Bond movies in order. Oh wow! How, yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah, just yeah. because. We were talking to Rose, and she'd seen all the newer ones, and we just picked a few of those to watch. But uh-huh. we'd seen all the older ones, and she'd seen maybe Doctor No, and you know, just a couple of them. And yeah. we went, "Oh, well, let's watch all of them." <laughs> and it was really interesting. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. Cool. it was uh, fascinating. And then we watched. We liked doing that, so mm-hmm. we watched Billy Wilder's movies in order. Oh, cool. Not the most recent ones, you know, Mm -hmm. which weren't the greatest, but we watched almost all of them. Nice. And that was also interesting. And so um, now we've picked William Wyler. Uh Uh-huh. And we're watching very, very slowly a bunch of his movies because we fell down the Bollywood rabbit hole. And that's really what we're focused on. Who is William Wyler? What has he done? He's one of those guys who he did so many movies. I'm looking at this list. He was a he was a studio guy, and they just kept sending him movie after movie after movie, and a lot of them were really different from each other. On IMDb, the four that it kind of shows as he's known for: The Best Years of Our Lives, Mm -hmm. Ben Hur, Mm -hmm. Roman Holiday, and The Big Country. Yep. They are Mrs. very different. Miniver, the Letter, Wuthering Heights. Um, I haven't seen The Heiress, but I've heard of it. Friendly Persuasion. And, um, oh my gosh, look, he, his filmography starts in 1925. We, we thought we would start a little later <laughs> with the sound films. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh. But um, I'm trying to think, what did we watch? We watched Dodsworth. Which I'd never heard of. That's from 1936. Hmm. And it was surprisingly good. I mean, it was, I don't know. It was one of those movies where you just watched it and went, why have I never seen this? About rich people and what do you really want out of life? But we've been, we just very slowly, I have the next one, Come and Get It, just waiting, because that's about also when he started getting nominated for awards. So Dodsworth was nominated for Best Picture. And then this next one, Come and Get It, people were nominated. He's one of those people where he may not have won tons of things, but they'll say something like 21 actors who worked with him were nominated for Oscars and this many won them. And so that shows the quality of his movies also. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Neat. Well, that's fun. Yeah. So, yep. um, it's <laughs> it's just one of those things where sometimes you don't learn anything, but you see a lot of movies or read a lot of books, you know, that you wouldn't have otherwise. And yeah. sometimes you come away going, I now know more about James Bond than I need to, but I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's handy knowledge. Those documentaries are good. <laughs> You know, it's you. You learn a lot about how to get away from situations and That's, how to escape. How the government works, I'm uh-huh. pretty sure the British government. <laughs> they 
It's exactly how it works. Help out James Bond, I yep. feel. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, fun. Anyway, yep. talk about going down a rabbit hole. But, um, yeah, but no, that's neat. I love it. I would it. say if there's one to go down, Ernest Lubitsch would not be a bad way to go. Yeah, yeah. Got to put him on my list. Right. Yeah, so I'm two for two. I loved both of them. Oh, good. Yep. To be or not to be and this one. Yeah, so. that's they're both so great. Yeah. One of the movies that he did that always gets mentioned that is not well known is called Trouble in Paradise. Uh. Herbert Marshall, Miriam Hopkins... And it's, I've watched it because it's one of Roger Ebert's great movies. And he was so excited about it. I went, okay. And we loved it. It was about a con man and a con woman. And they meet when they're both trying to con each other. Mm. And they become a team. And I can't remember if they're married or if they're just a couple. And they, this shows them teaming up to take a woman for her, all her money. And she's insanely rich. And at one point in the movie, I remember, and of course it's from, let's see, what did I say? 1932. And at one point I remember watching and going, oh, I'm just realizing they're not, they're not soft peddling it on what he's doing with her to make sure she likes him for his money, to Uh get her money. And I was like, (laughs) because I was like, he's married to the other lady, I think, you know, who's Mm -hmm. fine with it. Because this is what they have to do. Wow. Um, anyway, it was mm. a really, really good movie. Design cool. for a Living is one that I've always heard of. is supposed to be great. Ninochka I was telling you about before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Heaven Can Wait is a classic. You know. Yeah, yeah. So that might be a fun one to... Uh, I, I need to look at him more, too. Because he was... He had such a touch, you know, as they say. Uh-huh. So this was kind of the Christmas movie, I mm. guess, because it ends at Christmas. That's right. Yeah. There's some Christmas <laughs> in it. Yeah. It wasn't specifically a Christmas movie. Uh-huh. That's right. Though all their dreams did come true. Yeah. Yeah. And sure. um, it's the end of our eighth year. Yes, it is. That's right. And so, it has been a great time. It has been a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, And surprisingly, for calling this a good story, it's hard to find. I feel there's still some more good stories. So <laughs> We're definitely finding them. Yep. Yes. Yep, you bet. Still lots out there. Yeah, so we'll be back in mid-January to start our ninth season. Mm-hmm. Yep, very much looking forward to it. Yep. So, and thank you for doing it. Thank you, Scott. I enjoy this so much. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do as well. So it's a highlight. Love it. Yeah, for me too. Mm-hmm. Well, so. good, 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 good. All so, right, and thanks for listening, everybody. Yes, thank thanks you for, for being listening. out there. Yeah. And have a blessed Advent and mm-hmm. a Merry Christmas. And yeah. we'll be back in mid-January. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll see you then. Yeah. Thanks, Have a great everybody. month. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.